Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the intermission. You know, last week we had a, an episode where we were talking about how much we don't like it when our moms ask us when we can come home and all the episodes of TV shows that we worked on that we hate and all that. And if you thought that was too pessimistic, we've decided to turn the goddamn table, son. We're going to turn this podcast right around. We're going to turn this around. We're going to drive it right back into Go smiles home. and happiness and cheer. This is an episode we're just randomly deciding to happen, like right now. We're going to call it Hollywood Positivity, and it's myself as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And Trey the Ecstatic Stokes. Yay. So, you know, it's... That hurt. Ow. Oh, I think I pulled something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, demon potato bug. Last time around, we did that episode called What Are You Working On, or whatever it was called, where it's, you know, talking about how that's a question that is a bummer to get and we just sort of generally talked about the vibe of the sort of unshielded unvarnished version of there are parts of working in Hollywood that are kind of a bummer and if that rubbed you the wrong way we're going to do the opposite thing so here are things that are good about working in Hollywood <laughs> um, if it rubbed you the wrong way well, go to hell let's, let's that's, that's what I'm saying like, okay I'm not I don't stand by that topic statement if that rubbed you the wrong way fine it's a free country but we don't owe you nothing uh, you, you know you get your money back so Happy that's start. my contribution. That's so let's start this with like, the, with like the scary reenactment flashback cold open moment of like one of those case file procedural TV shows where last week. <laughs> well, I have a, my the thing is, my story uh, is similar to Trey's the horror story. He he told, um, <laughs> you know, a, a few years back, I was I was asked to come on board a, a project, uh, which I've I, I won't name, but I have, I believe, talked about it before so it's ryan versus dorkman too isn't it <laughs> yes um <laughs> right well, I, I was going to i was i was mm. on to do uh it was initially to do fight choreography and then it became can you also shoot the fights which i'm fine with because i consider that part of the choreography personally it's like okay fight unit cool you're gonna do that whole thing and then uh their dp left like ah. a week before I was and, and this was this was not local this was I was I was flying out and being put up and, oh, and wow. stuff elsewhere um and then their DP left a place so, where it would be difficult to pull a DP out of your ass yeah so <laughs> and it was like so can you will you shoot the whole movie it was like uh Ooh. <laughs> okay I guess I because it was it was still like at the time I was working um I, I was just working a desk job like literally data input like Excel files. I was working in advertising for for ad buys. It's like here are the ad buys we did last week. Enter those into an Excel file. That should take you till Wednesday when you will enter into the Excel file what we're going to do next week. And that was just what I was doing. So they're like, "Hey, want to come shoot a movie?" I'm like, oh. "And we'll pay you." Oh yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> oh I, God, do I? Absolutely, I would. I would absolutely love to do that. Um, I can't imagine how that experience could be worse than this Excel thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, we so, call that foreshadowing. Yeah, and so I I went out there and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll shoot the thing. And, uh, their schedule was a feature length project and oh, they had, God. they had scheduled it for 20 days. Um, oh, and it nice. was very, I mean, it was effects heavy and it was, it was all this other stuff. It was a sci-fi thing. And I'm going, we, uh, they, no, we, <laughs> there's no way that we can do this. Um, they're like, no, no, we, we got it. We're going to be on top of it. Okay. Um, and, it was just it was day to day a clusterfuck. Like I could do I could do two hours on <laughs> on just this go, go day, ahead. day to day. Um, <laughs> uh, like the first day we had two two big scenes two two um, a, and again it, it could be even longer if I were to get specific about it. But um, we had two big scenes and they were at these different locations, um, like across way across town. And I was like, okay, this is only going to work if basically. 
I sh- I'm you tell me what to do because I wasn't the director, quote unquote, uh, for mm. about a, for not about a, a day. Not at first. <laughs> yeah, for about a day, I wasn't the director. <laughs> is yeah. exactly what it is. Um, I'm like, okay, you tell me what you want to do in this scene, and then you need to go to the other location and get that all set, and we're gonna roll straight from here. I'll shoot all this however you want to get it, wrap this out, and then we'll be at the next location and we'll be able to do that. And it's got to run wow. like that or else we're not going to get our day. Oh, boy. Um, so. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Out of curiosity, what was, if any, the caliber or presence of the production management team? Was there a UPM or a line oh, producer no. of any kind? Oh, no. Well, yeah. no. It, Anybody I mean, whose sole job was to coordinate the logistics. Well, there there was, yeah, <laughs> but he but he wasn't doing it. Yeah, right. Um, he just wanted to, uh, he just wanted to be the producer, right? Um, and uh, and take the paycheck. They were they were they for for what the project was. They blew a lot of money on it. They it was like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar project. Wow. I think I well, I was told. I never saw. You know, I, I I was never actually privy to that. That's just the number I heard being thrown around, and. Um, so, so we do that. We show up on, for the first thing, and we shoot it out, and it's outdoors, and a storm rolls in just as we're finishing, but we finish it just in time, and then we're, okay, we blow across town uh, to the other location through this pouring rainstorm, and nobody's there. They have, oh, <laughs> not only is it not sh- set up, they haven't even shown up, and they don't show up for another two hours. What? And we only have the place for like three hours. So now we're down to one hour and we're not like nothing is is prepared. And it's like, okay, we have to do this whole thing. Um, And we had to change the scene around so that we could shoot it in an hour and and stuff like that. Nice. Uh, And basically that went on for two months. (laughs) Like every day. uh, Well, it was it was supposed to be a one month thing. It was supposed to be the three the three week thing. And then towards the end of that, it was like we just kept kept pushing it. So I was there for a whole month and it was like, okay, they were like, we're going to push this. I'm like, no, what we're going to do. Is we're going to shut this down. <laughs> we're going to stop doing. We're going to stop, and we're going to take this month off, wow. and everybody's going to go home <laughs> instead of instead of living around this clusterfuck. Everyone's <laughs> going to go home, and you guys are going to figure this out, and then after that, we're all going to come back. Wow, and, and try again, that, and then we're going to try again to complete because we had we, we were getting stuff in the can. It was it was the last second, you know. It was like we would schedule eight hours to shoot a scene, and we would only have one because none of it was right. was ready. Uh, but we would get it, <laughs> we would get some version of it in the can. So it's like, well, we're sort of making progress, yeah. I guess. Um, and that so we do that, and then we come back in second month, and it's the same damn thing. So I did, so wow. I did that for, wow. for two months, but it all it all got shot, but. <laughs> where is it now where, it but ever, where is it now exactly has it ever surfaced at no, all no no I, I and uh the it, it, they basically ran eventually ran out of money in in uh post-production and um it would have been it would have been interesting to to see it come <laughs> out but um ultimately the long and the short of it for for me and what i took away from it because you were talking about with with your thing yeah um and and again, it's the kind of thing where well, people might know that I'm associated with it because they probably will put my name on it in certain places, just not as the director. Um, and if anyone asks me, then I will deny it, as you did. <laughs> it um, is Ryan versus Dorkman <laughs> Two, exactly. Yes. Um, the, yeah, I know it's weird that Ryan versus Dorkman Two is directed by Ryan Weber and Alan Smithy, but uh, nobody picked up on that. Um, but uh, so many suspects, we, yeah. we couldn't figure out who is it. Yeah. Anyone. Um, 
but you were saying, you know, your takeaway was, okay, if these guys yeah. can can get the money to make this movie and be total spazzes about it, then uh, <laughs> anyone can. Yeah. Um, and my, but my thing was with this, this whole thing, I came out of it and went, okay, that was the ringer <laughs> that, yeah. that I just went through. And the fact that I still want to make movies, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> having been through that, I, it, it was like a reassurance for me. It's like, this is, this is really what I want to do. Yeah. Because if it wasn't, yeah, yeah. I'd quit. <laughs> I would definitely quit after that. And I don't want to. So I was, I was kind of like, okay. I, that was the silver lining is like, I am definitely sure that this is what I want that's, to do. Yeah, that's great. And now the thrilling conclusion <laughs> on talking about Hollywood experiences. Yeah. <laughs> but so that's, that's, that's a transition to no, positivity. It's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful it's little optimistic. Nice little little, it's like a pixie song. It's <laughs> a turn. Trey, you're, you're working on something now that's happy? I did, yeah. This, by, by, and by weird, uh, just weird coincidence, this was a project that was pending when we recorded that episode. Mm. I was waiting to hear back officially if it was going to be a go or not uh, because it was, I think I started it like the next day or two days later. Uh, suddenly I started on it. And it was just a, a, a blind leap into the unknown to a certain extent, uh, the, the and again, in this case, I'm not going to. I can I can give more specifics um, for various reasons, but I still can't give a lot of specifics because uh, because I don't think uh, because this is a project that's still in production and it's not like they made me sign an NDA or anything. But I just I, I checked I checked online just to see if this movie's existence has been announced yet, and I couldn't find anything. Mm. So I just you know it's not for me to say. Hey, by the way, this movie is happening. Um, but uh, what happened was a, a, a friend of mine and, uh, and uh, someone that uh, Teague knows as well and is a visual effects guy um, has, has got a new uh, boutique startup uh, to do uh, you know asylum-esque levels of movie visual effects and productions and things like that. And he's just getting, getting the ball rolling and getting clients and getting jobs. And, and this movie came into his lap and... Uh, but he wasn't. He said, "I really don't have time to go cover it on to be the onset soup." Uh, would you like to? And I was like, "Would I?" That's the one thing I can do. That's the only thing I like is doing that part. Everything else is bullshit. Uh, it's like you know, three days on set is like the good thing, and then I do a year of post, and it's a nightmare. But uh, I, I do it because uh, that's how I get on sets. So he says, "Well, okay." So and so this is basically. Here's, here's what I can tell you. It's a sci-fi channel movie. Um, it's, you know, it's being made for, you know, paid for and made for to spec for the sci-fi channel. Um, I'm not going to give you specifics about what it's about, but if you think about what sci-fi channels kind of yep. getting traction with right now, you have kind of an idea. Um, if you came up with a joke title, like what are they going to do after Sharknado? You might have thought of the title of this movie, uh, <laughs> and it's exactly what you think it is. Um, however, uh, unlike the still unnamed and forever unnamed project I was talking about in that other episode, which was trying to be a genre project, but was just a talky thing about serious topics and, and left out the entertainment part. Um, this thing is exactly what it's meant to be. It's purely entertainment. And I think it has a wacky, loopy sensibility that I think I'm entertained by the ideas of what we're doing on set. There's stuff going on in it where everyone's, I think, okay, that's a great, silly, ridiculous, crazy idea. Um, 
and I jumped in with both feet on the first day of shooting, not having read the script, not knowing anyone involved in the production, not really knowing much about what the production even was, um, and just jumped in on day one. Found out that we have a director who doesn't do shot lists, doesn't really plan. You know, he has in his head what he wants to do, but there's not like you don't know coming in what you're going to be shooting, which... I totally respect because that's what I do too. Uh, I I get flack for not being making shot lists, but I'm not fucking Kubrick. I just come in and wing it. That's just what I do. Um, so does this guy. So I'm like, oh, awesome, you know. And the DP is totally down with it, and then you know, and and I'm totally okay with winging visual effects and just going. You want to do what? All right, bring me a stick and two razor blades and a piece <laughs> of green cloth, and let's get this going. And so the whole creative team, from the director, the DP, me. Um, we're all just like, uh, okay, so how, what if this? Yeah, all right, well, then he did, but then, the, okay, boom, and I'll come in with the, great, make it happen. And so we're all just on the same page as far as. The machine works. Yeah. Damning. As far nice. as like, as far as winging it, and we're all like, yeah, what the hell? Let's just try it. Let's go. Let's do it. And, uh, and it's a fun project, and the actors are great, and the crew is all great, and everyone is totally cool. I had, there's not a single person I've run into that's not like, great at their job and great. so it's like a, it's asylum level film they have better budget and a little more competency in general and the project is fun and we're, so no one told you like exactly and we're just winging it it's it's exactly this whole thing is exactly the opposite of the project i talked about in the other episode it is the polar opposite in every respect of that of that other project and it's it really has. If it, you know, if you thought I was a boy, it sounds like Trey's about to, you know, slash his wrists in a in a tub of warm water. I'm having such a good time this week. <laughs> I'm I've rediscovered the joy of this. Yes, this is what I like to do, and I enjoy it. And um, just uh, I this this will clue you in as to what movie I'm talking about. If and when the, you know at some point this is going to be announced, you know that's you know what, that this movie exists and is going to be on Sci-Fi Channel. Um, the star of this movie is Steve Gutenberg, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and Steve Gutenberg is awesome. I, I am a huge fan of Steve Gutenberg. Last night at 3 a.m., Steve Gutenberg and I were having a pretend fight in the basement of the La Brea Tar Pits Museum, and I have never been happier in my life <laughs> because that's the moments I live for. Steve Gutenberg and I, I'm pretending to be a giant something... And Steve Gutenberg is stabbing me with a mammoth tusk that he's pulled off of a mammoth exhibit. Uh, and he's shooting me with a shotgun and, and stabbing me with a mammoth tusk. And I'm going to be replaced later by a giant thing. But I'm playing a scene opposite Steve Gutenberg. And we had a blast. <laughs> we had a blast. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this story. Steve Gutenberg is a, is a totally cool guy. Who knew? And uh, so, and and you're right. This project I just looked. Yeah, it up, the, not on there's no. Yeah, there's not. Yeah. A, there's, I haven't even found it. You know, on Sci-Fi Channel, yeah. like upcoming on our slate of movies. Um, so you know, whatever level it is, it's not like it's some. I just I just didn't say specifically yet yeah. because it's not my place to say so. But um, <clears throat> when it comes out, I will totally go. Yeah, I was totally on that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I will totally cop to it as soon as that movie is public knowledge. But. Um, but just the things you don't realize are going to happen. You know, it's like, I, I was like, okay, so he has to do this thing. And he came up to me, you know, knowing I was the visual effects supervisor. We're like three days in now. And he's like, his first thing was, 
am I going to look like an idiot doing this? And I'm like, you're not because I'm going to be right there with you looking like an idiot too. This is what I do. I look like an idiot so you don't, you don't feel like you're the only one acting like an idiot. Nice. So I, I got up there and I'm being all monstery and I'm like, all right. And so I'm like, you know, we're rehearsing and I'm like, here I come, Steve. You know, and I'm being intentionally goofy. <laughs> To draw fire, you know, it's like I want the crew to be laughing at me, like ah, look at the asshole. So you know, Steve feels like it's cool to be that way, and he can be relaxed. And so, and this is what I do. I've done this for everyone. You know, this is this is the job. If you're doing it correctly, I think is to get in there and go. You know, rather than like yes, let me stand. You know, I'll stand over here and tell you how to stab at air. It's like no, I'm. You're an actor. Let's let's act this. So so then the stunt coordinator was there too to make sure that I said this. I said. You're not going to let Steve Gutenberg stab me with a mammoth tusk, right? Because I don't want that on my tombstone. That would not be. That's not how I <laughs> don't saw. Don't you? That's not how I saw this ending. Well, it's better than some. I yeah. said. I said. That's not how I saw this ending. That's not how I saw this playing out. That's not the Variety article I want written about me. But uh, he goes, no, it'll be cool. It'll be. We'll make sure that doesn't happen. So, so we're rehearsing it, and I'm like, okay, so, so first of all, I'm here. You know, I'm the monster, and I'm like, okay, so here, and I come at you like this. Hey, I come. I'm coming at you, Steve Gutenberg. This is. It's over for you, Steve Gutenberg. And he's blasting me with his shotgun. Like, okay, and then boom, and he then the shotgun's empty. You throw the shotgun, and then what does he do? Oh, then he takes the mammoth tusk. Okay, and all right. So what if I come in like, ah, I come this way, and he swings like he could swing and hit my. Okay, boom, and then. And then he's going to stab me in the eye with his mammoth tusk. And I, what if I, okay, so I grab it like this and we'll fight with it. Or like wrestle, like you've got it jammed in my big monster eye. And then, and then I'll, I'll like, ah, and I'll back up. And I back away and I'm going, this isn't over, Gutenberg. I'll see you again, Gutenberg. This time, next time we finish it, Steve. And he starts laughing his ass off. He thought that was hysterical. So he wanted, he wanted me to say that like during the takes. Like as I, as I went away pretending to be a monster with a mammoth tusk in my eye. So I did. I would on camera, I would be backing up going, this next time we finish it, Gutenberg. You've not seen the last of me, Gutenberg. Oh. And, and so he could kind of go, yeah, that's right. I uh, bet that comes through in the creature performance, too. <laughs> that's totally right. So that's how, three o'clock in the morning, last night, in the La Brea Tar Pits Museum. Hollywood. That was my life. No. And I was so happy. So this is like so the, very happy. It's like the throwbacky sort of happy where it's like there's like guys dressed up as Trojans and a bunch of PAs carrying palm trees and like yeah. that version of Hollywood. That's all wacky yeah. and, and lovable and, and fun and what you fucking signed up for. It's exactly what I signed up for, and I and I and the whole, it's been like that from day one. I mean, we've just been, you know, like, okay, what happens here? That explodes. Okay, uh, let me think about that for ten seconds. I mean, literally, the director will just throw me a. a well, I'd like this to happen. Okay, uh, <laughs> give me ten minutes. Let me think about that and figure out you know what we need to get, and and we'll go for it. So uh, it's you know it's it's like. It's one of those. It's one of those gigs where like everything I've ever done all feeds into being able to do this right now, and and so so yeah so haha. Also, they're paying me, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, so there's that, and uh, and I'm just having a good old time with it. It's a whole turn. Yeah, I'm having a weird like sort of the job I've been doing lately. I've, I'm really enjoying it, sort of resurgence thing because the. Uh, for a long time there, it felt like I was sort of treading water in terms of what I was doing. And recently, what I've been doing has, it's, it's odd because it's on the surface, the actual work that I've been doing has been 
more consistent and specific, which makes it seem like it should be more tready watery. But because it's so controlled for it's not going anywhere but right here, I've been accidentally getting like better at my job just focusing <laughs> on this thing and like solving problems. Like I've been learning shit in After Effects that I never like I've been using After Effects for like every day for over a decade. And I'm only now learning like major interesting fucking shit that I never would have thought of trying a million years ago. And it's it's I'm enjoying doing visual effects more than I usually do. And I'm getting to do all that uh, on, on stuff that I like working on. And that's cool. And it's not a thing that has happened often in my career where I'm really, really happy with what I'm getting paid, what I'm working on, how I'm working on it and what I'm actually doing. And this is one of those moments where that's all lined up. So that's good. And that's the sort of thing that I wouldn't have if I was making cabinets, unless I was having a really good month of making cabinets. <laughs> I feel like, anyway. Mike, have you had like a, a happy alternative to that previous story thing, where things you were shooting went well, and it's like, ha ha, high five, God, boom. Well, uh, I mean, we made jokes, but actually, I mean, uh, RVD2 went wonderfully. <laughs> that, that, was actually, that was actually a really great experience. Uh, was RVD2 after or before the experience you were talking Bef about it was oh, right i thought before. you were gonna say after or before our rvd1 yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, before i always i always get confused too. it was before that was actually rvd2 was one of the reasons that i got that gig that they they oh, got in touch rvd2 with was rvd2 was yeah okay. to what do you attribute um, but, the creative success of making rvd2 what why did it work so well well just it was planning? it was just fun to do we did a lot of planning um it was it was definitely really fun to do it was just you know it was it was me ryan brandon and and travis and we were just there like you know kind of rocking it out as 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 we were going and kind of making it up as we went and and you know that was that was a lot of fun uh, the, uh in terms of big projects i haven't really been you know bit bigger than that other than this other thing which Unfortunately, I can't claim as my first feature because if I could, I made a feature. Woo! But no. Um, <laughs> but uh, the uh, I, I've I've definitely had uh, had some enjoyable experiences. Even I think the most the most fun I've had in visual effects on a particular project was when uh, I was working on Piranha. I was on Piranha for eight months doing the 3d conversion mm -hmm. uh for it because i was doing that for for a while and um what was that, what was fun about that it, it was that, just, uh, that wouldn't have been the one i would have guessed it, well it was fun because and i was i was thinking of you know there's there's certain times where people you know it, it, it feels like people start to take things really seriously and even even when you're on a set and you can see it in behind the scenes stuff you know it's like they're they're making a a gross out movie like a saw movie and they're they're very serious they're like oh the vomit consistency or whatever and they're and they're but they're taking it like it's a you know right. it's, it's they're they're building widgets and they they're they've lost track of the fact that they're making they're they've got these giant vats of vomit that they're talking about right. you know it's like they're, they're they've become very business-like about it and uh it was uh, per, piranha we all were well aware of the movie right. we were working on and the movie was well aware of what it was working on so we could you know kind of play it fast and loose and there's a scene where um uh, spoilers for piranha but uh jerry o'connell is in it and uh his dick gets bitten off by a piranha <laughs> whoa okay uh, in the movie uh-huh and there's a big shot again just to did just he bribe to, the like the z-depth people to be like come well, on well that's the thing that's the thing because his his there is a shot after after that sequence and he's been killed oh and like there's they, they like like a torrent of blood they, they do the whole uh you know they do the whole thing where where there's a there's a big shot of him like lying on the on the deck of of this ship and he's just skeleton skeletonized from like Ooh. the legs down and wow. stuff um but there's a there's a shot where a piranha it's underwater and the piranha's like you know 
floating by camera, and it pukes up his penis. Full frame, and like oh. floating out into the audience, like that kind of 3D, like mangled penis out into the audience. Oh, uh, the days we had on that shot, <laughs> dialing it in and just being like, yeah, because 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 there was the the there there was the thing where it was like we all like embrace the joke of we're going to act very serious about this and like like we're being very workaday about this and that was like we're we're laughing on the inside uh mr scott i believe that the the the, the, there's a there's a tearing on the outside we're gonna need we're gonna need a little bit more uh positive on the left testicle shred (laughs) just a little bit more dial in that z channel you're gonna want to put and it was oh that was that was a lot of fun and and you know i was i would um I can't remember. There was one day when I was watching, I, I was watching some kind of movie or other on Netflix, you know, because you just have something on on the side, and I I realized there's like this really graphic sex scene or whatever, and I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be watching this at work. And then I look at my screen and I'm like, oh no, there's fucking TNA. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's the job is is we're working on a movie it's like just, this. So there, there's not not safe for work. It is my work. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. So um, that was a lot of fun. That that was. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was a movie that, that <laughs> it's penis week here. yeah <laughs> and, and that was a movie that kind of everybody embraced because I tell people oh yeah I worked on Piranha they're like oh that was fun that was like retarded but it was yeah. it was fun and everybody kind of yes everybody understood that um, I've been I've been listening to the the podcast how did this get made and and one of the main Paul Shear the main guy he's in Piranha and Piranha three double D so he references <laughs> it occasionally and he's totally open about the fact like we should do that. The movie yeah. that I was in, we should do that on this show because it is ridiculous. Um, so that that one was fun because everyone kind of got it. Yeah. The fun stuff for, like, aside from doing visual effects, the fun stuff is when you get to shoot shit. Yeah. Because often, like, oh, yeah. when, when a shot comes best. up and the answer is, guys, we really should just fucking film parts of this. If not the whole thing, like, we could film yeah. this and do it way better that way. And there's usually depending on how the supervisors are, there's usually sort of this inherent reticence to do that. Like, no, we're CG people. We're going to do this in the computer. But if you can get someone that's, who's like, no, dude, we have a camera and a backyard. Let's go do that. That's that's, that was, that's a terrible thing for a person that, to say. That was actually it, the most fun. Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying like, that you have encountered people who are resistant to just shooting elements. Yeah. and Like, well, uh, yes, we... Well, it depends on the... We're talking about a TV schedule. So it's usually a two-day turnaround and they want to be able to tweak it and you can't tweak footage is yeah. the reasoning for mm, not wanting okay. to film it. All right. I agree that it's better to film it, and it's fucking fun. Was what I was gonna that, say. Yeah, that was That's actually, the fun shooting is a hoot. I love yeah. Going shooting. back to to RVD two, probably the most fun for me on that whole production was we spent two days in a warehouse with with uh, Bob Ford, right? the depth films guy, yeah. just being like, oh yeah. And then there's the shot where like you cut the doorway, right? All right, let's do like forty of those and see. Yeah. <laughs> pick you know pick an explosion that we like the best when, when we get to it. So those those were really fun days. Those were really cool. There was one day we were doing. Uh, I forget the name of the show it was a pitch for a show like a sizzle for a show that i don't think ended up happening in the title of the show it was about wine some wine thing and the title card for the show you know the speculative show needed to be in there and the graphic they wanted was like wine sort of splashing and doing a thingy like a wine bottle falls over and it's splashy and i was like guys there's, I, I could spend all week trying to get a fluid sim that looks even okay and then that will only be version one and if you wanted to tweak it that would be another week before it looked good again why don't we just film this and i ended up going over to target and just buying like everything like <laughs> all right i bought wine but you, have, you you always anticipate like 
Honestly, I'll bet you wine doesn't look like wine, really. When you when you splash it, I'll bet you it doesn't do the thing you want it to do, like in your head. It won't actually do that. So I'm like, all right, I also got to get like other shit. Uh, okay, well, I got to get like some, some fruit juice, see if that does it. I'm going to carrot syrup because you never know. Maybe that's the right thing. And just like buying all these different fucking grocery store items and a bunch of white tablecloths and just being like, <laughs> all right, we're going to do this. Just every single one of them. All right, splash that. No, that wasn't it. Fuck it. The wine was not right. All right, let's try this and just splash that and splash this. Wait, wait, what if we combine that with soap? Splash this. What about cinnamon? Splash that. Mm-hmm. What about fucking pencil shaving? Splash that. And just fucking with that for like hours straight. Eventually realizing that you've laid down five minutes of footage of like various splashes and none of them look right and going like, okay, now we're going to just start combining shit. This is going to become like a cooking show. All right, we're going to go. Now we're going to need some Play-Doh and this and that. And the, the whole process of like, just for the fuck of it, of being like, we have a very singular requirement here. We need to capture frames of a splash doing the thing we have in our heads and just trying to do that until you can replicate what's in your head on camera and just like messing with the variables and getting it to happen in the first place is really fun. That's that's a good time. Those are good days. Yeah. I like doing those. I, yeah. yeah it's, it's, that's, what, that's what I really dig reading, like going back and reading the old Cinefixes. Um, and reading about even the even the movies I haven't seen yet, although I try, I'm trying to to okay. There's a Cinefix article on that. I'm gonna see that movie. Um, just just the feeling of there's always uh, in the early movies there there was the feeling of okay, we're gonna try and do this. How are we gonna do that? I don't know. <laughs> let's, yeah, yeah. let's get together in a warehouse and just throw things at the wall yeah. for a while. Sometimes literally just throwing things yeah. at a wall <laughs> and seeing what happens. Um, I mean, the first one. I, I would also really recommend it. One one thing that'll that'll kind of get you excited about filmmaking and stuff like that again, and wanting to do it that way is, um, especially early on with Cinefix, they don't do it anymore because they want you know they want the access and stuff like that. But man, the the early articles will just openly shit on, <laughs> on on movies or producers or people involved or whatever. Like yeah. they will tell. All and name of the names. Because at the beginning and of it, it's like, because uh-huh. at, the, at the beginning of it, the logic will be like, who the fuck's going to read Cinefix? Yeah. Like yeah. that producer's wife exactly. is going to read Cinefix. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. The, the Altered State article is... Uh, is Like this is a uh, fucking State weirdo industry rag. No one's reading how, it. It's fine. Uh, uh, I believe Mankiewicz, the, the guy who wrote it, or uh, whoever it was, they, there was just tension constantly. And it's like, yeah, they fucking... The director didn't know what he wanted and wasted a ton of money shooting shit that never got used. And they, nobody yeah. knew what they were doing and blah, blah, blah. It's like they would never... This still happens, <laughs> but they yeah. would never cop to but it. they don't talk about it anymore. anymore. Like, oh, yeah, they were trying to kill each other that one day on set. They yeah. were just, oh, it was nuts. Yeah. Other stuff about L.A., just in general. I really like the weather here. And I've, <laughs> lately, I've only yeah, recently... You say, you say that after this past week? Yeah. Oh, oh well, no, this, this week was kind of hot. I, but will, I will say also... I, although the, I, I, only, I say that because I've only recently been given a piece of context against that where there's a reason to not like the weather here, which someone was, was talking about how... One of the weird side effects of living in a place that doesn't have seasons is that keeping track of time and like when things happened is really difficult. <laughs> if you can't go, it was cold, so it must have been winter. It wouldn't have been last winter. It would have been two winters ago. Like yeah. when it's just like, okay, it was like 75 and sunny. Oh, shit. That's every day. That, the that last- was April Fool's Day or yeah. Halloween. And, and, he, and, and he was saying like, I honestly think that people lose track of how many years they've been in Los Angeles. I think they guess I, wrong. Oh, I have. Yeah. Or like in their head. I mean, it, it, wrong. it takes me longer. It takes me... Wait, six? Right. Seven? You can't like instinctively <laughs> say the answer. You have to go, well, what was the year I moved here? Yeah. yeah no, that's yeah. what I literally have to do. I was like, okay, I know I got here. Yeah, I have to do the this math. Day, to this day, I have right. to do the math. Yeah. Uh, it can't be like, oh, it's like five years ago. It's like, oh, okay. What? Okay. What, what? What's a, just give me any sort of purchase on what time that was happening. And you lose sort of the perspective of that if it's the same day every day. And I was like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. You're right. I hadn't thought of that. 
but I still like the weather. <laughs> Every I, day is nice, I, you guys. I, I, I will also say, before we move on to generalities, kind of going off what you were saying about uh, the, doing the work and, and learning, it's like I, there's an opportunity, even though it's a, it is a TV schedule and the, the turnaround is very quick, um, there's, there's sort of the, the way of doing things that it's like, okay, I can knock that out really quickly. And then sometimes I'll get something and go, well, I know the quick way to do this, but I'm going to try it another way to see if I can learn something. Right. And if it doesn't work, then I can do it the quick way <laughs> and then save myself. And, and it's, it's nice to be able to, especially wanting to be able to, to kind of, the, the exit plan is to be doing you know our own stuff eventually. But it's like, it's nice to have the safety net of going, well, if I fuck up, like if this doesn't work at all and I just totally bone this and, and it doesn't work <laughs> my plan, there's an infrastructure where some other artist can take it and fix it. That hasn't had to happen pretty much uh, uh, or very rarely because I'm, I'm night shift. So usually a daytime artist will take over anyway if there's like a really uh, tight deadline or whatever. But um, that's, it, it's nice to have that and be able to go, okay, I'm learning stuff and there's not a, a you know, it's not like I'm learning it on a freelance project where I'm like, I'm boned if this doesn't work. Right. You know? So, so that's that is nice, and I do appreciate uh, that about being able to do it. Still want to get out pretty soon, but, but I, <laughs> I appreciate having. It's having awesome, and I love it and all, but I hope I don't do it much longer. Yeah, not exclusively. Yet. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just... I mean, because because you know the the idea being, it's like okay, we're gonna do our own stuff. Still gonna be doing this part of it. Because that's the point of having learned it in the first place is having access to these skill set. But uh, I don't want that to be the way I'm necessarily making money. But it's not, <laughs> especially I, I would be fine with it if it didn't be moving to Vancouver pretty soon. So, yeah, that's the main thing. It's kind of what you're left with. Well, yeah. Vancouver is a beautiful city. It it's is, lovely. But and they have seasons. And you know, what, seasons, you know when so stuff happens. Keep track of time. But, yeah. I, but I like it. Here. Brian, are there perks that you have encountered along the Hollywood way? Uh... Or Hollywood Boulevard, depending on if you're in the Valley or not. Or Buena Vista, if you <laughs> go one block. Yeah, Buena Vista yeah. past that. Or. Uh, well, I mean... For there's, Dugo. There's just fun. I, I still enjoy the surreality. I still don't know how to say that word as a concept, but there's just... Surreality. Surreality. Versus, of, versus reality. Versus reality. Yeah, but the surrealness. Yeah. Surreality. Of this weird, like... Um, you know, like like Steve Gutenberg. If you're yeah. just working, it's like, oh, there's yeah. Steve Gutenberg. Three days ago, I had not had a pretend fight with Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, exactly. But now I have had a pretend fight with Steve Gutenberg. Uh, the weird Looney Tunes nature of all that that's, shit. That's off my bucket list much earlier than I was expecting it to be. <laughs> I mean, I still feel that way about having met and worked with both Renee and Barry Bostwick as mm-hmm. much as I, you know, personally did on on Moby Dick. I mean, that's fun. Just go. You, I watched Cena when I was. Uh, you know, and that's you know, just as a twelve-year-old or thirteen-year-old yeah. boy, I was like, oh, it's well, that's yeah. cool. And there's there is even the weird aspect. I mean, I I even grew up here, and it's not it's not so much being starstruck specifically, but it's just appreciating appreciating that it's interesting of, yeah. of the fact that I'm like, you know, I I went to this place in Hollywood, uh, you know, this place called Tender Greens, and it's like Shia LaBeouf is ordering his lunch in front of me. Don't, well, the paper bag th- makes don't it care, pretty. but that's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. at, at the <laughs> same right. time, it's I still I will I will say this is this is weird and stupid, um, but I still get a a weird thrill out of like recognizing a location in real life. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. like I'm re- I'm rewatching The Office right now, and one of the later episodes is when oh, Andy yeah, goes they shoot in like Van Nuys. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. Tegan and I went to their to this to the building one point when they were still shooting. 
But like one Basically scene, Sadako and Woodman. If you're a Valley person, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Uh, one scene had like Ed Helms, you know, uh, going uh, having this dramatic, uh, you know, heartfelt confession to Erin, uh, the secretary girl in the street. And I was rewatching it, and I'd seen that episode when it came out. But that's like the block over from where I live right now. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I know that fence. I walk by that fence all the time. That's crazy. I had that moment. I was just watching Aaron Brockovich recently. I hadn't seen that in a long time. And it's the, the car crash that happens at the very beginning of the movie. Like she starts to drive away. Yeah. And boom. That's Lancashire and Magnolia. Oh, like, oh really? It's like, it's like so directly. Holy shit. There's the like Emmy building right there. It's just so fucking clearly in my head. The, oh, wow. It's just, and, and the, I didn't the, even spot that. Well, I didn't. Just the moments where you, you're, you're watching a thing, it's like, oh, well, fucking that. Wow. Yeah. Or like Circus, <laughs> <Anybody> li- <who laughs> circus Liquors showing up and everything. Oh, yeah. 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 Anybody like who listens landmark. to the Jackie Brown commentary knows how I get about my mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. My, my mall. <laughs> yeah, that is my, my mall. mall. I mean, I mentioned it on the show before, but until I moved, there was the, the, the Burger King nearest by was the Burger King oh, yeah. at the very beginning of Back to the oh, Future yeah. when Marty grabs onto the back of the truck and gets drip, pulled. The truck is leaving a Burger King. That's that Burger King. And shit that's like that. It's the power of love. It's the power of love. It don't take money or fame. Is that Burger King still there? Yeah. Yes. Wow. The, uh, they've done good for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Not one other landmark people get, you know, take selfies out for oh, yeah. it. Like, yeah. oh. It does look slightly different, but you can tell like Ari. Yeah, the Ari is, building is still is there. Foam the Mart. Yeah. Is apparently a stalwart. Uh, the <laughs> the toys are us in that parking lot. 30 years later, Foam Mart's still cooking along. I like that part of the LA-ness too. That's, yeah. That, that is cool. Well, I also like I also like the fact that, you know, just the simple fact that so people who want to do this are coming to LA. So there's a lot it's of a, times where it's you an, can just, it's an industry town. Yeah. And yeah. you can but you can meet people kind of at any level and go, you know, or or a lot of times, you know, you see something cool on the internet and you can you can reach out to these people. Yeah, you can go right. they they live here and you're like, "Hey, that was cool. I'd like to work on your next thing." Or or right. you know, Get, get, would you like to have, that's how uh, you know like I was saying the, the detonation films I thought he, he probably lived in like Michigan or something <laughs> when I, I was just gonna ask him to do it and then he was like oh no I'm in the valley I'm like well shit oh, <laughs> that's freaking awesome we'll how right convenient over. yeah let's, uh, we'll be right over and let's do this and, and it was a lot of fun so that that kind of thing because that's the that's the main thing that people have trouble with anywhere else is finding right. people is finding people who you know they they that's always part of the story of the guy who you know makes his feature in nebraska and it's like oh yeah we had this this tight crew of of people who you know we wanted to do this but it was so tough to like the camera guy was really like a news camera operator it was tough to get to find the people who really wanted to do this and it's like here man that's the thing i always say about uh la in terms of filmmaking to people who don't live here but do filmmaking at some level is anywhere on earth uh, you can shoot anywhere you fucking want, but you have no one to shoot with. Yeah. yeah. In LA, you have everyone to shoot with, but you can't shoot anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't shoot anywhere. You have to actually do paperwork to film even something kind of dumb. Theoretically, in your own place, even yeah. though yeah. you don't yeah. actually. We were doing... Uh, I was so worried when we were making Tokes and Stokes that we were going to get our asses kicked. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen, yeah. It's like, And you used to be able to get away with it because if you had a little dinky camera, but of course now they're onto that, that like you could be shooting a feature on your iPhone and they're like, you know, what's going on? So we, in fact, we, we talked about having to do that on this movie that I'm working on right now, because I'm just curious because you're talking about Hollywood Boulevard and the yeah tar no, I, well like, here's um, the thing we were also so low low key sensibility you know low low tech sensibility is because because I'm splitting my time between first and second unit there's also a second unit mm. that sometimes becomes B camera for first unit depending on what they're covering but otherwise we'll go off and and split off and and get other things so half a lot of the time and I'm only, I'm the only one on set covering VFX sometimes they're both units are doing. VFX plates and they're 
blocks or miles apart. Sometimes they're at either ends of like last night, they were at either ends of the same room and I would just shuttle back and forth. Sometimes they're when we were shooting in Hollywood the other day, they were on opposite ends of the of a street. And so I would go back and forth and pr- pretty much keep tabs on all of it. Um, but sometimes they're several miles apart and then, you know, so we just got to go, well, whatever you, whatever your plate was, uh, we'll just have to see what that was and, you know, deal with it accordingly. But, but they're, Again, they're hip and they, you know, they understand. It's like, you know, lock off whenever possible, you know, blah, blah, blah. They know the basics. So chances are, even if I'm not there, they're going to. And if it's, if it's just something that here's a thing and monsters are going to be crawling up the side of that building. Right. They, they can't really mess that up too badly. You know, yeah. whatever they do will be fine. So. So that's all happening. So I'm ping ponging back and forth between the between the, the two units. But so the, the the Hollywood day that we shot two days ago. We started the day. First unit wasn't ready for me to do anything, so I jumped to second unit because they were getting all these plates of Hollywood Boulevard. And we were fully prepared and planning how we were going to guerrilla shoot Hollywood Boulevard. You right. know, it's like, okay, well, let's see. You know, we've like got a freaking red camera and a grip cart. You know, it's like, well, that's kind of a sore thumb. So, and we literally had, we started. It's like your down, Ocean's Eleven, put, the, put it in the balloons. Yeah, we had started down this road of. Because everyone in the crew is like fairly young. Most of the rank and file crew people are very young. Certainly the second unit crew is very young. Uh, We literally were concocting a story to have ready where I was their film professor and they were all my students. Because clearly I'm the old one in the group. And we were like, that was going to be our like, oh, I'm sorry. We didn't realize. We're just testing our new, the stu- they have the new red. I mean, we had this whole thing. We we're starting to and plan and like, well, we can't take the grip card because that's just too obvious. We can't be rolling a grip card down Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, and then after getting going down that road of thinking for quite some time, we went to... Um, meanwhile, first units got like a road blocked off. We blocked off McCadden Place, which is right off of... Uh, it's right next to the Scientology building. Um, it's right. It's, it's like a block over from Highland is McCadden Place, mm-hmm. and we but we own that. We you know we had that and right. blocked it off. But uh, with second you know second unit we're figuring you know we're gonna gorilla it, and we we go to finally talk to the production manager like okay we're gonna do this and you know and we're sort of like so if we need to get bailed out or whatever our fallback is and he was like no you guys are permitted <laughs> like what we. We have a permit? <laughs> yeah, you're permitted. You can shoot anywhere on Hollywood Boulevard from, from Cherokee to, to La Brea. And we're like, well, fuck, that's awesome. Ah, that's, <laughs> holy shit, that's a I big didn't know that was a thing. So. I'm starstruck by your permit. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. It's like, Who has a permit for that? We did. That's like seeing like a Lamborghini or something. Yeah. Like, Whoa. So we were able to just like balls out, just go pushing pushing our big crip cart like down it. Hollywood Boulevard and <laughs> plunking the camera down and shooting whatever we wanted. It was amazing. <laughs> and like, you know, it's like, yeah. Uh, we, then, of course, now we're hoping someone's going to come give a shit. It's like yeah. you're pushing your dolly cart down yeah. the street, big pimpin's playing in yeah, your heads. Yeah, exactly. So we could like, permit, motherfucker. Flop. <laughs> Read it and weep. Step aside. <laughs> I'm going to film this. I'm going to film you. I'm going to film that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're in the movie now. Permit asking mofo. So, that's, yeah, that's, so that's that was just that was, but it was so odd. It didn't even occur to us to go. I wonder if maybe they got us a permit. For yeah, this. like it wouldn't have occurred to you at all. Yeah, like, maybe they got us a permit. Dude, get out of here. What? Yeah. Who what? does that? No one does that. Stop shit. wasting time on impossible <laughs> state permits. Right. Okay, Rockefeller. <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, we're gonna actually shoot the movie. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Meanwhile, we're just gonna get this done. So. <laughs> 
That's awesome. I like that. That was that's that's a good one. I am actually way more excited about the fact that they had a permit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, yeah, it was like, wow. There is no star he could name that would make me more excited than the fact that they had a permit. Let's get a permit. I've always wanted to work with a permit. Tom Hanks was in this movie. What was that like? It's good. It's good. We had a permit. (gasps) Yeah. It's it's nice to it's nice to be able to just focus on the film you're making without the stigma of committing a crime at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. It's just without that hovering at the back of your head. It was very liberating. Uh, one of the other random things about LA that I like a lot, and we should sort of start to wrap this up, but <laughs> is that um, in like I've lived in several places around the United States, like 10, 12. Uh, I grew up everywhere. And in no other place will you find stores like you can find here. <laughs> like from, from, you know, this is a place where this is a town that's big enough to have a Home Depot. To this is a town that's specific enough to have like five different stores that do nothing but sell gaff tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of place where there are stores that just it's a thrift store with nothing but old TV wardrobe clothes that they're trying to offload from last season of The Flash or something. And it's like, all right, well, all these clothes that we put on the extras are we're done with them. That store does nothing but sell clothes from old or the the store of Christmas decorations that's open year round. Yeah. Or Rob Zombie's place. Halloween store that's always open and is doing so well. They opened a second store next <laughs> yeah. door to it. It's a cool place. I like Halloween Town a lot. Yeah. Just the shit that like or I've never found so many goddamn places that that are foam stores yeah. or places that <laughs> foam sell is big, yeah. like like as a puppeteer we we love them foam stores they're great dry ice emporiums. Yeah. Like what do you need? You need a brick? You need a, you need a blower? You need a truck? We got it all. What do you need? Like <laughs> as that, long as it's dry ice related. That kind of shit is just such a you know I in Indiana they had they had Bass Pro Shops and Walgreens or all the like the, tiny or, little like machine and machinery shops that are all over the place like yeah I just need a fucking Rube Goldberg combobulator thing oh okay we can right. do that there's right around the corner is a great electronic surplus store where they've got everything like they'll sold oh, uh, electronic uh, surplus stores are great oh dude it's those. it's oh you gotta go Apex Electronics is the, if, is if, the dude, if you guys are in a hurry you should do that on the way back it, it's, it's awesome and it's just like they they sell everything from like alright well here's a thousand old universal remote breadboards that that we, those don't use yeah. anymore and it's just a box of them and I don't know what the fuck anyone's buying them for but that's the place where they sell those now, when you're in the when you're in the spaceship set decorating business those uh-huh. are the places you go to oh fuck yeah it's like I need 10,000 knobs right over there like that's where uh, when I was making the thing for the Ghostbusters party that rainbow ribbon mm-hmm. ribbon wire they just had like a like a forty foot re- reel of that. There's it, a there's a specific place when I'm I'm I was working on the uh, the proton packs which for for our thing which I need to get back to. But um, there was a specific. I found out that there was a specific store like like one of those mm. just just one of those stores that the pro, the hardware hardware store, but it's a prop hardware store. Like none of it is really useful. It's <laughs> just it's just it's just. You know, you need those com- like, like for, comically large green buttons. Yeah, for yeah. for things that you put on it, and it's like. I got pointed to, I can't remember what it is, but I got pointed to the store where it's like, no, that's where the proton pack builders went. You can find the parts there because they still have bins full <laughs> right. of just the parts. This isn't you in, yeah. in high school making a lightsaber out of plumbing parts. Yeah. This is you buying the shit they bought for Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, that's and that's the other thing about uh, about being here that's really cool too. It's like, the, you, know how, you know how if you are get, getting a hotel last minute on like Priceline or whatever. Yeah. It's last minute. So they're like, we'd rather have the room rented than not. You can do that with like studios. You can, yeah. you can, you can, I mean, it's still, it's still a little bit expensive, but you could shoot on the universal backlot if nobody else is going to, cause they'd rather not have it sit there for doing nothing. Right. They would rather it's get quite it. large so, and yeah. uh, there's lots of it. And, yeah. uh, 
costs a lot to maintain. <laughs> Just like we can go, boy, I sure wish we had the guns like in Starship Troopers. Well, the company that rents those is down the street. All <laughs> yeah. you need to do is rent. Just ask. They're not yeah. doing anything with them. His, or at least give them money. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's, you know, it, they're not on the moon. Right. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, they're down, in Burbank. They're, they're four blocks away. Those guns, the very ones you're speaking of. That's one of the really cool little sort of subtleties about the whole thing is, is, is it's not necessarily that you have access it's that you have access to access like it's not like you're in a part of the world where what you want is not a thing that you can actually have like you, you can't get the information from the source of the guy like if you want to know who like has the matte painting that was used in that shot or something for whatever reason or if you want the starship troopers guns or something if you want to know the answer to a really specific question about hardware from a movie that no one remembers whatever it's not like oh you can't <laughs> it's like yeah, you can. I mean, Google that guy, see what he's see what he's up to. He probably has a website, probably has a shop somewhere. And then you pick up the phone, and you're like, you're gonna be there in ten minutes. And then you just go ask that guy. Like, it's not that you have access; it's that you have access to access. <laughs> it's you have that kind of level option for a lot of shit that you wouldn't have that kind of option elsewhere if you care about movies. Yeah. It's the same sort of thing, like probably in Washington D.C. with politicsy stuff. But here with yeah. movies, like you have access to the access yeah. all the time. If you're not, if you're not into that. Don't come. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's well, really all we no have to reason offer. to be yeah. here. Oh, it's it just really like taco is. trucks and cold beaches. Yeah. 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 And Although fa- some like of those fancy talk, fancy some of those taco trucks. trucks, the Koji barbecue. Truck. I like oh the, I like I like the grilled cheese truck. No. I, I still have to try that one. Uh, oh, got to get a grilled mac and cheese. It's awesome. Oh, it's a sandwich with mac and cheese on it. Well, okay. It's like a shotgun to your arteries. It's delicious. I feel it right now. Yeah, I know. I felt my chest clenching just like anticipation. I'm not I'm not going to say I disliked it, but there was a reaction. Uh, it, well, it really is the uh, the sense of you know peeking behind the curtain or getting behind the curtain, right? It's like yeah. you know yeah. you're you're backstage, you're in the wings of this industry, yeah. and, and maybe the guy doesn't let you on stage to do a trick, but, but you get you, to see the movies but, from the side. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, and you you can see all the you know the tricks laid out on the table. We drew, and by the way, just you know to bring it more to first, we drew such a crowd. Oh, I on bet. Hollywood Boulevard, in front of the Chinese Theater. I can we're imagine. we're a block over from the Chinese Theater. Although we have some scenes there, but I think they're I think second unit. Fucking tourists are like movies. Well, here's the thing. I there was exactly that because I went. I had some downtime uh, between and first. Neither first or second unit needed me for a while, so I said, okay, I'm gonna run up. Because four blocks over is Hollywood Toy and Magic and all that. Because I wanted to buy some. Oh, that's a cool place too. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. buy. I mean, yeah, that whole stretch. I wanted to buy some some props to help. With what I'm doing for like stand-ins to stuff in for people eye lines for stuff like I need like 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 beach balls and tennis balls and shit like that so I'm just gonna go around the street so I walk you know go up leave the set we're on McCadden Place which is right off of Highland Boulevard um, and I walk up and I'm just walking through Hollywood Boulevard and just like you know every other Hollywood everyone, no one no one in Los Angeles routinely walks down Hollywood Boulevard yeah. yeah. We try and avoid driving on Hollywood Boulevard yeah. whenever possible. And um, then you f- you haven't done it in a while and you forget and yeah. you do it and you go, fuck, why did I do this? Exactly. And Hollywood Boulevard, especially by daylight, is like, you know, is like a hooker by day. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. boy, she is really not attractive. You know, maybe at night she kind of has, if you squint your eyes, she kind of looks okay. But Hollywood Boulevard is really kind of an ugly, ugly, yeah. rundown, kind of nasty kind of kind of place. Uh, and uh, and with all these like weird little talk about specialty businesses and these kind of like kind of scummy like lingerie shop and uh, yeah. you know lots and lots of just you know yeah we sell watches and radios and you know it's really kind of it's really mostly cheesy with these kind of socketed in with these sort of 
but then there's Larry Edmonds Cinema Bookshop is stuck there because that's where they've been for 50 years, you know, and, and while the rest of the, the street is decayed around them. And so I'm walking down this street kind of going, wow, Hollywood Boulevard is kind of the saddest place on earth. And there's two kinds of people on Hollywood Boulevard. There are the sad denizens of Hollywood Boulevard, which mm-hmm. will make you very, very sad. And then there are the kind of bewildered tourists <laughs> who made a... You know, who really expected more. We have to go to Hollywood Boulevard because it's a thing. Right. Kind of looking around like, hmm, what the... Am I nuts or is this kind of just kind of a pest hole? Um, so after walking up the street and then walking back down and clearly seeing these people um, who, you know, because a lot of them were speaking in foreign languages, kind of going, I guess get a picture of the sad I, man. On yeah, the, on the I ground. don't know if the guy <laughs> sitting in a puddle of his own urine. I don't know. Um, we drew such a, cl- a crowd because right there. At the intersection of McCadden Place and Hollywood Boulevard, Steve Gutenberg and a guy in a pirate costume are having a fight. <laughs> like you, like, and the, and where the street's blocked off, so you just you can be four feet away from that happening just by staying on the other side of the sawhorses. <laughs> so we were just—I mean, it was like it was starting to get dangerous because the 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 bolus was was building. At the street level. You're like the show in front of the Mirage exactly, right now. Exactly, and started to like, you know, bulge out into the street, into the traffic, and we had to kind of keep keep dispersing them and spreading them out. And there's Steve Gutenberg right there at the corner of McCadden Place. And everyone, you see everyone going, is that, is that the guy from... Is that the police academy? The police Short circuit? Academy that guy? Movies, or what is, and what is he doing? And what's... What are you, and of course, the, the ultimate question... <laughs> the, the ultimate question, random strangers... Tapping you on the shoulder and going, what are you working on? <laughs> Which is like, I just did a whole podcast about how I do not like that question, all right? <laughs> Mr. Stranger. Oh, man. Go listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds Here's fun. Here's my card. Here's my, listen to my podcast. You'll know not to ask that question. Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> oh, wow. It just occurred to me, that's the only thing that's lamer than having a podcast is having business cards for your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't heard of it? It's cool. Here's my, here's my card. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, we don't have those yet. We're not going to have those. No. There are no. people who make livings out of their podcasts. Tell yeah. me we're not going to. We're not that. Yeah. Well, maybe if we had business cards. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a missing ingredient? There's a podcast festival here. I did. Mark Maron won't shut up about it. Actually, I, oh, I went to that several years before we started doing this. Uh, I was I was thinking of doing one with um with my buddy Travis. We were talking about and there was like a podcast yeah, there, there was a, a podcast convention or whatever. We're like, I guess we'll go to that. I, didn't, I don't remember anything about it except they had a mascot. Oh, the podcast God. pickle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They just had that suit. That's all. Yeah. It started with the suit just and worked its way back to the podcast. Rebranding. In fact, hold on. I'm going to... I would have made 57 could... guesses before Podcast Pickle came, came up. That was their, like, Robert Rodriguez school bus. Like, they had <laughs> yeah. a pickle costume. Yeah. Podcast Whoa, Pickle. we could have a whole podcast yeah. festival well, and sure call him the they Podcast weren't Pickle. Even, they weren't even going to have a mascot until the guy said, I have a pickle costume. In my Perfect. Pod, podcast Pickle, podcast you guys. Pickle. Come on, who's with you me? You guys, Podcast Pickle. I, lo- I lost it. My I was gonna pull it up because you had a picture of podcast pickle. I ha- because because like I said, Travis was out here, so my podcast my pickle. my contact photo for him in my phone for a long time was him with the podcast pickle with the big old thumbs up. <laughs> oh my god! Podcast. Hold on, I'm pickle. googling. We're, we're gonna find this guy. Can... We're gonna. Uh, it's got its own category there. Oh my oh! god! Wow! Whoa. There it is. It's, there's a. Yeah, of course there is a podcast. Pickle. I like the really com. hip. 
podcast pickle, yeah. or then yeah. there's the nerdy podcast there's pickle. The street. Oh, I guess. I guess. I guess maybe it wasn't pickle. the the mascot of the thing. It was he's got his own show. It's a, or something. It's a, but it's a podcast. Yeah, it's podcast actually, pickle. Podcast. That pickle. just looks like a gangrenous dick. That's yeah. That's that's like the Hulk's dick is what that <laughs> yeah. is. Like he should be waving signs about how good the deals are at some jail yeah, he bond place. He should signs. be spinning a real estate sign. Yeah. yeah. For reals. Well, thanks for that, Mike. <laughs> You're welcome. That's one of your favorite things about Los Angeles, huh? It's, it's the, the podcast, podcast pickle. pickle. <laughs> well, it never I mean, forgets. <laughs> <laughs> one of the interesting things about living in LA is the crazy ass people and and not sometimes not crazy people, but People doing crazy things to try to get noticed. You oh, know? oh, yeah. I actually, the, the, the car, the guy that has the car that's just plastered in like his headshots. Actually, that is yeah. a, a, they're, they're, a, I've tweeted about this before. Yeah, well, there's that. But there's also the fact because I, I work right around mm. kind of the corner from, uh, from the arc light, which isn't that far from Hollywood, yeah. um, you know, Hollywood and that. Uh, and so there have been times, and I've, uh, I've been working nights mostly. I've been at this place for almost two years now. And there have been times I'll go out for, you know, lunch at like nine or ten at night, and I'm walking around, and just Batman goes the other <laughs> yeah. way. Oh yeah, and I'm like, and it's, it it takes me a while. It takes me a block or two before I'm like, it's weird that that wasn't even weird. Like, yeah. I, it didn't even occur to me that that should be. There's saved. a Jesus that walks around Hollywood. Have you seen him? Yeah, yeah I've seen him. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's not like one of the guys by Grauman's <laughs> who is just like, I take a picture with a, a really drunk Iron Man made out of cardboard. Yeah. Like, this is just anywhere in Hollywood you might see Jesus walking around. Yeah. And it's not like, oh, that guy has a beard, Jesus. It's like, no, that's that's like if you were having a stage show and someone was playing Jesus in that stage show, that's how he would be dressed, Jesus. Yeah. In, like, robes, like big triangle robes. Yeah. Just walking around. Yeah. Yeah. I guess he doesn't have a car. It's like, dude, what are you promoting? What are you selling? Right, exactly. It's weird. Well, they say you would, you know, you'll see Jesus, so maybe that's just what's going on. Well, we had. I found that's, him. That's what we did on, on. We're doing the Hollywood Boulevard thing again. This movie that I'm doing, being the kind of movie it is, a large portion of what we were doing there was the wacky hijinks when the mayhem of the movie comes to Hollywood Boulevard. So we spent, especially when I was on second unit, we after morning second unit got all their plates of buildings and and traffic going and it was another average day in Los Angeles until dun 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 all that stuff. Um, back after the afternoon, we spent basically killing off all of our background extras, and all of our background extras were tweaked enough to not be actionable versions of all the mm. people you see in costume on Hollywood Boulevard. Oof. So we had like our. Not quite Batman, but you get it. We had right. our not quite Spider-Man, but you totally get it. You know, we had all that going on, and we got to kill them all in various exciting and fun ways, which was, again, was like, you know, it's like, the, as you were saying earlier, you have to sort of, like, stop and take a breath and look at what you're doing and mm -hmm. going, this is my life at this moment to be doing this. And I will say, and I don't think this is... Nobody much. in Kansas is getting paid to do this. Yeah, yet. I don't think this is much of a spoiler because I the, the highlight of that day, of many highlights, actually, uh, there was a guy, there was a guy, there was a guy in a banana suit, for example. Oh. <laughs> and he had a friend who was... Is that broadcast banana? No, it was, <laughs> it was Broadway banana. It does show tunes. No, is this a guy in a banana <laughs> costume and a girl in a strawberry costume? <laughs> and, we got, and they put them together. Streaming strawberry. As if only fruit will hang out with fruit. No. It's a whole... 
fruit thing that people have the in their heads, privilege. I guess. But but uh, <laughs> fruit privilege, and we had to kill the fruit, the banana and the strawberry, and so that was great. Um, but that was only topped by there was a guy on the set, one of our costumed extras, who myself and everyone else. When this guy, he was just sort of stand over in the corral with the rest of the extras. Checking his my, iPhone my, or whatever. My, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, myself and everyone else, the first time we laid eyes on this guy, you would freaking swear that Sam Jackson showed up to play the role of Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction costume character himself. Because this guy looked like Sam Jackson Exactly. That, his name was Elliot. He's not. He wasn't actually Sam Jackson. I thought it might be Sam Jackson messing with me. Yeah, that, by well, telling that, me his again, name was Elliot again. Uh, being in L.A. <laughs> Did that thought like legitimately well, cross your mind? That could totally be possible. <laughs> could happen. Exactly. <laughs> because you know, at some point, if not once, then many times, Robert Downey Jr. has been asked, "Are you, you look like Robert Downey Jr.?" And he says, "I get that all the time." Yeah, that shit probably happens a lot in his life. I'm Joe from. Are Des you just the person who was there the time that happened? Is the only thing that's different <laughs> yeah. here. So I did a full it's Sam Jackson being like, no, nah, I get that a lot. I did a full on, <laughs> you know, just seeing him standing there. I was like, who, who on the set knows Sam Jackson? And but then, of course, of course, I'm looking at Sam Jackson from Pulp Fiction, which yeah. is not what Sam Jackson walks around in. I'm You're guessing. looking at a memory. You know, he that's, should have been wearing the, you know, that's the, Sam Jackson, the golf down hat and have a shaved ago. head. But, you know, he had the suit. He had the jerry curl and the briefcase. And <laughs> and just you just go. I, I, uh, that's Sam Jackson right there. Girl, somehow from yeah from 15 years ago uh and we got to kill him so i got to do a whole fight scene i interacted with him too with the i played i played monster with sam jackson so that's off the bucket list too (laughs) have a fight with a guy who's a dead ringer for sam jackson from pulp fiction which i'm kind of retroactively putting these things on my bucket list because it's gonna make my bucket looks list look really awesome it makes it look you you look really proactive like if if you go wow those are a lot of really specific things that you managed to get who knew that he would get that one crossed off the list i would kill a guy in a banana costume and uh and a sam jackson look like on the same day and and the final the final thing that uh, was great about the uh (laughs) the the banana guy was wrapped And there's a pun in there somewhere, but I'm not going to try and f- dig for it. And the banana <laughs> guy was wrapped, and he went by, and a grip was coiling cables. And as the guy, <laughs> the grip said to himself, "I'm a banana," <laughs> <laughs> and, just, and like I would cross the street from him, and I go, "My spoon is too big," and he went, "Ah," and I went, "Yeah." Don Hertzfeld. And then he went. My ass is bleeding. And I went, oh, dear God. So we bonded. We had a moment. We had a bonding right there. That's, that's what you hope for. <laughs> that's, those are the moments you treasure. Just when Thank you have you your Hertzfeld. random Don Hertzfeld across the street moment. That's great. All right. So hopefully we've convinced you. <laughs> it's not all bad There are here. two sides to this coin. There's happy stuff, too. There's bananas and shit. There's podcast banana pickles. Costumes. There's podcast pickles, you guys. <laughs> We're all still here. Yeah, and not yes. entirely because we have no choice. Yeah, no, <laughs> I can't afford a plane ticket home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is good money wearing a banana costume on Hollywood Boulevard. Apparently, I've worn a banana costume in a theater. I will not go back to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing that again, man. Jesus did. I've seen that guy. Just banana Jesus. Just uh, no, regular, <laughs> the regular Jesus. If you grew your beard out about. and your hair out a little bit, you could you actually could totally, you could get the I, Jesus because you could do John Snow. I mean, it's only it's hop, I do skip, get, and a jump from John Snow to Jesus. to Jesus. You know yeah, nothing, spoiler. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Finifter is coming.
Hmm. Winter is coming. Anyway, this has right. been the intermission. You can always find more episodes at friendsinyourhead.com. Go to the forum of always having the conversation. It's a big community of people. It's growing every single week. It's awesome. Twitter.com says friends in Urhead. Facebook friends in your head. And y'all fucking follow the Twitter and like the Facebook page because that's where all the announcements for what we're recording and stuff happen at. You should do that. If you're not on the forum or those things, you're not finding out what these things are until way too late. Anyway, uh, buy our shirts. Give us money. Holden Hill, Design Entertainment website. Until next time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finnefer. Yep. Jay Stoke. And this has been the intermission. Thank you for listening. Good night. Good night. Seriously, though, drunk, sad Iron Man made of cardboard is a job title. <laughs> and that's another thing that you can't <laughs> do in Maine. Like, is that a band I name? Sat, you can't do that in Maine. No. I sat next to well, you, uh, you Catwoman. Can, but, yeah, but you can't get paid for it, though. Yeah. They'll put you in a home rather than... <laughs> I sat next to uh, Catwoman when I was getting like my car serviced one time, and I was just like, "Oh, what do you do?" It was that, <laughs> it was that conversation, <laughs> and it was like in the valley too. It was like over on Victory, and like, <laughs> "What do you do, you Ooh. asshole?" Yeah. What that's what I meant. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, it while was she like, was dressed as Catwoman. No, no, no she wasn't dressed. Is as Catwoman. that a trick? Oh, 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 that was no, the no, conversation. No. I was a Catwoman in person, and like, like you were just setting her up to say, "Is this a trick question?" I think, I think all of us in our head picture the same shot. Yeah, exactly. And saying, "What do you do?" No, it's just like a hard cut to that. It's like a mix. It was, it was a sight gag we wrote in that the web series we never ended up making, where it's just like it's a sight gag where you're just at a bar, just sitting next to that lady and it's just like you're both holding your drinks looking fucking morose while the yeah. soundtrack is Herb Alpert just going <laughs> bun, 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 and you're just like looking sad next to Catwoman as you wait for your cars <sighs> Hollywood yeah. I met uh, I, I don't remember if I told this before but before I before we were, were working on Descendants I actually met Ray Park at an Easy Lube <sighs> which is the, Sorry, the Jiffy Lube uh, oh. knockoff the Easy <laughs> nice. Lube and uh, yeah, he he came. He recognized my shoes because I wear martial arts shoes because they're cheap and comfortable. And he was like, "Those are wushu shoes." And I'm like, "They are. You're raping." <laughs> <laughs> <That's it. laughs> Did you yes. say that? Huh? You should have said that. Did you say that? <laughs> yeah. And then he remembered me when we went to do Descendants, like like a year later. He was like, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Ray. I'm like, we actually met before. Oh, the shoes. <laughs> You're the shoe guy at the Jiffy Lube. I'm the shoe, shoe guy, exactly. So. Oh, that's weird when you encounter what. That's weird when you encounter what you are in someone else's head. Yeah. Like, for the rest of your life, to Ray Park, you're the shoe guy first, and yeah. maybe Michael second if he's not drunk enough to forget yeah. the name. But you're the shoe guy. I'm the shoe guy. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a, oh, by the way card that I just found out this morning that I can't wait to play on Gutenberg because I was. Brian and I were talking about this earlier. It's like we all recognize Steve Gutenberg is a thing that exists <laughs> in the world, but then you go, but why do I know who Steve Gutenberg is? And and it turns out he's been in five hundred thousand movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't been in many lately. He's just kind of been. He's kind of gone Michael Keaton for a while, uh-huh. um, you know, kind of laying low. But um, but then you look at you know. So I, was, I literally IMDb'd him. And I was like, what, what movies has he been? I, I always think of Police Academy. Police Academy, I think of. Okay, Police Academy, that right? and Short Circuit for me. Yeah, Short Circuit, which I'd forgotten that he was the lead of Short Circuit. Um, I th- and Cocoon. Oh, Cocoon, of course. He's in Cocoon. That's mm-hmm. right. That's a big deal. And, uh, and, and those are kind of the big three. But uh, oh, Three Men and a Baby. He's one of the three men. You know, who- City Slickers, right? No. No. no, I'm thinking no, Billy Crystal. That, that's, Sorry, that's Billy Crystal. But um, <laughs> but three year. men and a baby, and and three men and a little lady, the unfortunate sequel, and all that. Um, but then a million other movies that you know you don't remember. But thanks you know. to the stonecutters, exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's that's a joke I made today. <laughs> I am a stonecutter. I am helping make Steve Gutenberg a star again. Yeah. Um, 
so so all of that, but then and buried deep down on his IMDb page, back before Police Academy, which was pretty much his. Oh, he's in Diner. He's a freaking Diner, which is a <laughs> acclaimed movie. Um, Diner was before that. There were you know that was, Diner was Kevin Bacon and 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 him and and uh, Dennis Randy Quaid and all those guys. And uh, d- deeper than that, hmm. down deeper than that, 1982, I think it is. Um, he he did a, a television a summer replacement TV show on ABC that ran for five whole episodes. I think that's all they made. <laughs> um, summer replacement back when I don't know if that even is a term that makes sense anymore. But, you know, this summer series where they just like okay, let's just try something insane and crazy and cheap and who knows. It'll we had to thing. cancel a thing and we can't have dead air, yeah. so just put some exactly. Off. So he was he was the the lead of a odd 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 television series called No Soap Radio. No Soap, <laughs> comma, radio, which is a punchline to an anti-joke. It's kind of a shaggy dog joke. It's a, it's a joke that, it's one of those jokes that it's an unfunny joke. Yeah. It's like a shaggy dog story joke where it's like, blah, 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 blah. And then the guy says, No Soap, radio. And it makes no sense. So you don't, you don't uh-huh. even have to know the rest of the joke. Yeah. The joke is how long you wasted the other person's exactly. time telling it. <laughs> anyway, so the jokes. name of the <laughs> show was No Soap Radio. And what it was, it was kind of trying to be a Monty Python-esque, anything goes kind of. Here's a sort of a framing story about a hotel. But it's a hotel where all this weird shit happens. And the elevator door might open up. And three chimpanzees will come out. And something will happen. And, it'll just, and then it'll go to these completely random sketches of different various things. Kind of a notoriously, remember that, you know, I remember when ABC had that show called No Soap Radio that was so atrocious. Yeah, I totally remember that. Steve Gutenberg probably remembers that he was the star of that show. <laughs> I remember it because I was on it too. <gasps> I was 32 years ago, Steve Gutenberg and I worked together on No Soap Radio and I didn't even remember that <laughs> until I looked it up on IMDb. Like we weren't in the same. The se- moment that 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 name came up on your screen, yeah. did, like the camera like zoom into your yes, iris. Yes, exactly. I was and like, you did, like this whole thing in your head, and then you zoom back out of the eye. Like, like <gasps> Steve Gutenberg was it? What did he do on No? He was the star of No Soap Radio. I what did you do on No Soap Radio? I was in one of the sketches, um, and it was my first union job, and it wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't. He's in, not going to believe you when you tell him. This. I know. I, he's totally not. I I I didn't join the union. I Taft Hartley. Um, and I, I remember exactly and specifically what my experience on No Soap Radio was. Um, it was my first time on a on a real TV set because it was it was a shot on video. It was a show shot on video at ABC Studios. Um, so it, it was this. They had the soundstage that was just full of like a dozen little sets because it was all these little sketches and things. So it'd be a little piece of set for this sketch and a set for this sketch and a set for the sketch, and then there was the main set. Yeah, and uh, and. Our particular sketch was about a teacher who is teaching a classroom of students, and the students are all ventriloquist dummies. <laughs> and, you know, with no ventriloquists, yeah. just ventriloquist dummies sitting in chairs. That's horrifying. Be, I know, being students. <laughs> and and it's was just an odd little sketch about, you know, and about he's teaching them about insects. And he's like, today we'll talk about the ant. The ant is this, and the, and, the, and the kids are being unruly. The vent dummies are being unruly and, and causing trouble. Um, and I was the vent dummy who had a pea shooter who, when the teacher's back was turned, I raised the pea shooter to my little dummy mouth 
which you totally can't sell with a ventriloquist dummy. Right. I, 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 it looks like I'm chewing on a stick. Yeah. But it's supposed to be I'm shooting a pea shooter. And I'm like, boom, and I like, and he turns around, all right, who was that? Who was that? Who was that? You know, and so it's all about a guy. And I don't remember what the premise of the punchline was. You were, the, that was you the, were the featured piece of shit vent dummy that, kid. Yes, exactly. But that was the content of the scene. Um, I was still working at Bob Baker's then. So they just, whoever knew whoever, just basically all of us from Bob Baker's just got in a van and went over there. And we all were the puppeteers for this classroom full of vent dummies. So this is my first time being on this, you know, being in a real production of anything, really. You know, it's like 82. I mean, it's like I'm still, if I wasn't out of college yet, I was barely out of college. Yeah. And and I'm like on a real set. This is ABC. like the world reaching down to pick you up yeah. and, t- and bring you up exactly. to the, the big I'm, leagues. And I'm on this and I'm on this show and I get to, you know, I'm seeing the process and going, that's awesome. But at the same time, I'm going, this is really awful what we're doing. This is really a terrible, unfunny, unfunny, bad, bad sketch. Um, and I was shocked, as I have been many times since, by the sheer number of human beings in this room with us to make this god-awful sketch happen. Right. A bunch of people were working really hard and moving very quickly, and there were lots of them to do this terrible sketch. And I was thinking, what on, I, you know, 82 already, I'm the jaded guy. I'm thinking, what on earth can motivate th- all these people to show up? I'm here, for the, I'm here for an afternoon. This is their job every day to show up and be part of this, what looks like a not very good television show. One might even say awful show. How do you do that day in and day out? I, I, I'm puzzled by this. And then we did the sketch and we got the shots and okay, thank you very much. And everyone go here and sign out. And, and I just kind of said, yeah, sure. I'll totally do it. You know, great. Um, sign my Taft Hartley thing. And it was after Taft Hartley. I don't know if that applies to after, but I know it was an after thing. You get, you get the, you get, you know, Taft Hartley is you get the one. If you get like one, like, cause a lot of people like, will get one job and never again. Yeah. And so the union doesn't want those one-timers to right. when it wonders to be in the union. It's because, like a walk-on union pass. Yeah, exactly. And so, so you basically get a freebie. Mm-hmm. It's like if you get one union job, you don't have to join the union. You can just take the money and say thank you. But they do keep track of it. So if you get two jobs, now you have to join the union. Um, so you know, it's my first time. Taft Hartley. Just okay, great. Sign here, Taft Hartley. I'm not in the union, but here's your same as you would have if you were in the union. Here's your union paycheck. And it was like, and this is 1982, it was like $500. <laughs> oh, that's why. To be a horrifying vent dummy in a terrible sketch on ABC that no one will ever see. And I was like, that, I was like now I get it. <laughs> There's huge money in this bullshit. Huge, exorbitant money. Holy shit, no wonder everyone wants to do this. So, so that was that was my no soap radio experience. Was I, the teacher Gutenberg? No, the teacher wasn't Gutenberg. It was an older guy. It was a character actor who has I recognize I, I recognized him from other things. I was like, I know that guy. I recognize him from other stuff. So I don't even recall if Gutenberg. I know we weren't in the scene with him. Um, he may not have been there that day at all. For all I recall, I don't remember him because even then I wouldn't have said, "Oh, that's Steve Gutenberg," because he wasn't Steve Gutenberg yet. He yeah. was. He was. You know, had had yet to become Steve Gutenberg. So. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I wouldn't remember if he was there or not. But, that's um, tremendous. But uh, but it's by God, he was the star of that show. So so that's my that's my that's my conversation starter. The next time I see Gutenberg, hey, by the way, 
We you were on that show, No Soap Radio, 32 years ago, weren't you? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Best outro ever. <laughs> that was a good one. Are we calling that whole thing the outro? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you should just cut the... I've been rolling on it. <laughs> cut the... No, no. That's because there's associated a little bit after the, the yeah. theme song and all of that this one goes on for like half an hour yeah, it's, like, it's like why is there this much bar left yeah. it's like is there a scouring of the shire in this podcast friendsinyourhead.com <laughs>